0: FlushCare.com/slash/weightloss.
1: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed as
2: we welcome you along to the programme halfway through the week and halfway through the week of our Racing Home for Easter Festival Uh, our special uh, team up with the Racing Home for Easter Festival running right across this week daily prizes tickets to get you racing on Easter uh, Sunday and Racing Home for Easter Festival is three great days of racing at the Cork Racecourse with live music there's the most stylish lady event day on the Easter Sunday and plenty of entertainment for the children with a family fun race day and that's slotted in for Easter Monday so a pair of tickets to go racing every day and then on Friday one of our winners one of our daily winners will have their prize upgraded to a dinner for two at the restaurant at the race course in Mallow followed that day that evening with an overnight stay at uh, Springford Hall uh, Country House Hotel which is located uh, just 10 minutes away from the race course so a fabulous fabulous prize and as we been doing all of this week. You're listening out for this sound effect.
1: And they're off.
2: Now it's only when I next play that sound effect that is your cue to text or WhatsApp to 0862103103, and we leave the text and the WhatsApp open for about ten minutes, and then we select our daily prize winner who will win the tickets for two uh, for the Easter Sunday Racing and then can keep their fingers crossed that on Friday I might be calling out their name and they get the overnight stay at Springford Hall and dinner at the restaurant at the Racecourse as well and if you want to purchase tickets to go to the Racing Home for Easter Festival this Easter weekend then you can go to CorkRacecourse.ie John Paul taking your calls at 0818 103 103 in a couple of minutes I'm going to be talking about grocery prices and how grocery prices are continuing uh, to rise. And there certainly hasn't been any good news in recent uh, weeks. There has been an increase of nearly 17% just in the first 12 weeks of this year. So we're asking you today, you know, have you noticed when you're going shopping, have you changed your shopping habits in any way? Because seemingly if we all continue shopping the way we are shopping without changing any of our habits or without changing any of our brands it's going to be well over a thousand euro a year will get added to your grocery bill so have you changed the way you are shopping the obvious one what we've been told to do is to move to the supermarket own brands they're always more cheaper than the branded goods have you done that do you like doing that some people like to stick to a specific brand I think tea in this country is a big one everyone has a particular brand of of tea and they'll only drink that tea to the point that when they go away on holidays they'll often see people particularly us here in Cork there will be a box of Barry's tea bags thrown into the suitcase when people are going away on holidays we're so fornicity about our tea others are quite quite choosy about their coffee brand they'll only go with one particular coffee brand they wouldn't even entertain looking at an own brand uh, an own brand jar of uh, coffee but are there other products that you have decided to swap and have you noticed a change do you say saving money by uh, swapping are you still going to the same supermarket have you changed the supermarket are you doing a bit of shopping here and a bit of shopping there which is all well and good if you have a lot of time in your hands and you've got a car and you're able to travel around to the different supermarkets that is impossible for, for everyone and also it seems the way we are shopping has changed the traditional going out and doing the one large shop a week it seems we're going to the supermarket more often and I don't know if people find that they save by doing that do you prefer to go along and just do have your shopping list for the week do the one full shop and leave it at that because i i would find by doing a lot of little shops if you're in and out of the supermarket is the temptation to buy more there anyway your thoughts welcomed on how you are managing with the grocery shopping and i was looking down through a list of the items of the recent increases that have gone up. For example, a sliced pan has gone up by 24 cents. A two litre drum of full fat milk has gone up by 48 cents. Milk has really, really uh, gone up. Cheddar cheese. I buy a lot of cheese. So I I do know that cheese has certainly gone up. One euro, 31 cent is the increase. That's on a one kg uh, block. Potatoes are even starting to go up seven cents on a 2.5 kg bag butter. Everyone complains about the price of butter. That's gone up 69 cent a pound. Chicken is on the rise 80 cent on a 1.6 kg chicken and half a dozen eggs. That's gone up 34 cent and I mentioned tea bags. They've also gone up by an average about 20 cent. As I say we'll be speaking with the Consumers Association in a couple of minutes about the rising costs on our groceries and is there anything we can do to keep the costs down. Your thoughts welcomed 0818 108 I was also talking uh, this week about Katie Hannon and her Women of Honour, that wonderful radio documentary that she did last year. And of course, on her programme up front with Katie Hannon, she had a very, very brave uh, former. Army corporal talking about how she was raped. It's, I, I watched it on Catch Up. Really difficult, difficult interview to watch. So all of the papers today are running with the story that a special operation targeting potential sexual predators within the defence forces has now been established. And it, it's emerged that the Guardi have 26 complaints of sexual assaults on records. Uh, gardi are reviewing cases to ensure that they were investigated properly. And it seems they, some of these cases could date back to the early 1960s. All of the cases are either under investigation are they old cases, which the Gardaí now are going to dig up. They're going to do a review just to make sure that they were properly investigated. The guy, the Commissioner, Drew Harris, has also said he expects more complaints to come forward. And I think, like, for example, that very brave uh, former corporal who spoke out on Katie Hannan's programme this week, I think by her speaking out, I think that will trigger other people who have who would unfortunately have been raped or sexually assaulted while members of the Defence Forces and have never told anybody about it because when they tried to tell people about it, they weren't listened. I think they will be prompted to come forward and that's what the Garda are expecting as well. The operation has been led by the Garda National Protective Services Bureau and it's been welcomed by the military. It follows a report by an independent review group the IRG that we mentioned last week. This was the report that found the army barely tolerates women. It uncovered a discernible pattern of rape and sexual assault. So Drew Harris was speaking at the annual conference of the Association of Guard the Sergeants and Inspectors yesterday and he said that this national operation has been set up to deal with complaints from serving Uh, members, but also from retired members. He says that they have the necessary skills in each of the divisions to deal with the complaints. They want to have a national oversight in terms of progress of these investigations. But he says by sharing information, they have to take into account that victims may have been victimised, attacked on a number of occasions. But he says we also have to take into account that there may be predators out there and he said we want to make sure that if individuals are accused of multiple offences that we gather all of the evidence and then report that to the DPP because the worry is that some of these guys they are predators and that they are still out there amongst members of the general public. So Drew Harris says if there is a need for a national coordination in terms of addressing the issue. He went on to tell reporters that the operation would be coordinated by the Guard and National Protective Services Bureau and he also encouraged victims to please, please come forward, be they serving members or retired members of the forces. Asked uh, how many complaints he's dealing with. He said within the records they already have 26. Uh, Drew Harris said he wanted to ensure previous incidents were properly investigated and that's why they're going back and looking at some reported cases that date back to the 60s. Now a military spokesperson they say that the Defence Forces has welcomed this new operation set up by Angarda Siakana and they fully support the initiative. They say the Defence Forces military police stand ready to assist Angarda Siakana and of course the review group, that review group was launched last year following Katie Hannan's documentary women of honour and the documentary of course focused on abuse within the armed uh, forces so the review group then they made a series of recommendations and one of their recommendations did include a full statutory inquiry into the controversy because the review also found there was incidents of bullying incidents of rape and they were covered up and that no sexual harassment case Cases were officially recorded through the formal complaints process between 2019 and 2021. Now, you, you'd like to be in the, the really nice words and believe... That there was no sexual harassment cases between 2019 and 2021 but because so many of them have gone, up in, gone on in the past there is the fear that some of them did happen but people were just fearful of complaining. So as I say that's what Drew Harris is asking people now please to uh, come forward and I think the good news is for people who came forward in the past and weren't believed they will be believed this time. Can I just give a quick mention to a couple of items that people are looking for firstly Maura has been on to say Patricia does Anybody know what is the story with the brigettes? I just can't seem to be able to buy them. I've very bad arthritis and I need to have heat. I'm feeling I'm finding the oil very expensive. Can I just say home heating oil has we mentioned this yesterday Mora has really come down in price if you want to look at home heating oil again. But anyway, uh, maybe you want to stick with the open fire and you prefer to burn briguettes because you like the heat out of the briquettes. Uh, anybody else having a problem getting briguettes, Mora is in the Bally Desmond area. Anybody else finding it hard to source briguettes at the moment? I know we're We're no longer manufacturing them, are we, here in this country? They have to be imported from some other country, which makes absolutely no sense to me. And I don't know if that's the reason. Are they in short supply? Uh, Brigettes, anybody can anybody tell Maura where she can purchase them, please? And then another listener is looking to buy something called Camp Essence Coffee. It's the essence that you put into a cake to make a coffee. Cake. The sister lives in Kanturk, but does shopping in Mallow as well. So, anywhere in kind of that area. She doesn't do online shopping. So, please don't anyone point out where she can get it online. She wants to buy it locally, somewhere in the North Cork area. Anybody know where you can get Camp Essence coffee for making gorgeous, delicious uh, coffee cakes? And then Sheila on her shopping habit said, I always used to shop at one particular supermarket and I only ever used to buy branded food. All that now has changed, says Sheila. I'm living on my own. I also started to notice that I was throwing out a lot of veg and meat. Now I shop in the German Supermarkets Aldi, Lidl and I also go to Iceland. I buy ready meals in Lidl. I buy my puddings in Aldi and I end up with a two-course dinner every night with absolutely no waste at all. My pets have all gone now to own brand pet food and they haven't noticed any differences, Sheila. So Sheila is... Cutting down on what she's buying by buying the ready meals, and there's no waste, and I'm assuming is saving money as well. Thank you for that, uh, Sheila.
1: Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie.
3: Court today on C one hundred and three.
2: The price of groceries has soared by a record sixteen point eight percent in the past year, adding an eye-watering one thousand two hundred euro to the annual family shopping bill. Dermot Jewell of the Consumer Association joins me. Uh, good morning, to Dermot. Morning,
4: Patricia. How are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you. Now, these are the latest figures from Kantar, and they track supermarket prices, and it shows grocery inflation has hit a new record every month for
4: the past 16 months. Exactly. And as, as you said, it, I mean, it really is a phenomenal challenge um, to everybody who's been told to watch the prices and be conscious of, 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 of what their spend was, not just for food, but on, under the understanding that the energy costs and everything else um, in terms of inflation had increased. So they needed to be careful with their money. So most consumers did exactly that, and they've been doing it ever since. They've changed their their, their food purchase structure. They've, they've looked at the prices. They've been watching them closely. A very great many of them have changed from major well-known brands to own brands or, um, or shop store brands um, and have, have done that. And the problem is they're now at a point where, as you say, Without, without any drop whatsoever across 16 months. The prices just keep increasing against them and they've reached the bottom line. There's there's nowhere left um, or room left for them to try to find a way around it, which only means that they're either going to have to cut back on something um, to just continue to afford to live. And can you see when it's
2: going to stop? When a price is going to even stabilise?
4: It, it needs a number of factors to, to, to change that Patricia. The first one obviously is going to be are going to be energy costs are going to have to significantly come down because business keep making the point that this is the key factor in why they're they're having to push so many price increases forward and that they they have very little room to absorb any of the increases they're taking on. That when added to increased labor costs um, is adding fuel to the fire. Um, And it's 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 to all intents and purposes, as we all understand it, that is the problem in the background. But the biggest problem that we have, and I I don't necessarily mean this is negativity as it's going to come out, but there's no price transparency in in the price of food and if you ask the producers they say well it's not us we're not getting an increase we're just struggling here and um, you ask the distributors um, and those who 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 um, bring goods from a to b and they say well we've we've taken on increased costs but we're not making the amount in the profit and then retail says no we're we're not doing it either so if that's the case, then I won't say we're doomed, but we really are in a, a very, very bad situation in, in terms of, as you say, how when will this stop and when will it ease up?
2: Yeah, and of course, the higher energy costs, you know, that will lead to higher manufacturing, higher production uh, yeah. costs. And, and I, I take it we can still very much point
4: to the, the war in Ukraine. Yeah, very, very much so. And then, as you say, every single price, once it goes up, the VAT attract, that it attracts goes up too. So the whole price rises at a phenomenal rate. But it's, it, it, we I think a lot of people, and myself and, and a number of others who've been looking at this as, as best we could, really did think that it would start to come down to some degree or at least hold um and, and and stabilize but it's gone up it was 16.4 now it's 16.8% and it hasn't stopped and the, there's no there doesn't seem to be much of a a, a suggestion that it's going to stop and again people are, as i said very many consumers and people out there your listeners will know this only too well they've been watching prices and they don't understand why the prices of a, any one particular product keep increasing at the rate that they do and one of the biggest problems in that which is really hurting consumers is that, and this is not new, but the 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 amount of the product they're paying for has reduced, as we've been calling it shrinkflation. But so the the amount of the product has reduced, and the price keeps going up. So everybody, without question, is getting less than they were ever getting for their money, and they're paying out more. And as been sh- as has been shown in the research by Kantar um, and others, they're visiting the stores more often.
2: Yeah. And looking at the shopping basket increases on the latest one. I mean, it's all the stables, you know, uh, like sliced pan has gone up, milk, uh, spaghetti, cheese, potatoes, butter, chicken, eggs, carrots, tea bags. They're the things that we put into our shopping basket every week. None of these are luxuries.
4: No, they're not. And as you say, they are the very basics that every single individual will want and will need, no matter what their age is and what, no matter what their status is. And if if that entire basket is, is rising at the rate it is, um, it presents an enormous problem. Um, and, and and again, as I say, when when this started almost a well almost a year ago, over just over a year ago. Um, even then, um, we I remember we were speaking with with people from the Consumer Council in in, in Northern Ireland, and at that stage they were struggling and um, and reaching problems with consumers who already were trying to determine would they would they pay for for heating or for food, um, and that has continued. Now we have a we're very barely fortunate that we're heading into the summer, but that leaving that aside, that was a problem then and is still a problem now. So. I, I don't know the answer to this. I don't think anybody does. But price transparency will help an awful lot in figuring out, is there some particular area that's really giving grief and causing problems that maybe somebody something could be done to to help with it?
2: Mm. And as you mentioned, this survey is showing we're doing more smaller shops rather than doing one big yeah. big shop. Do you save more by doing smaller rather than one big shop?
4: It very much depends, and again, it's interesting if you look to the to the to, to the, the detail in the research. Um, if depending on the store that people use, they may be going to avail of a discount. And um, if you if you buy X amount, and you'll get a discount off it. If if that's driving their 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 mindset, then they're a little bit. Um, I suppose they're taking their mind a little bit off watching the prices um, where they never mind having a voucher where you'll get a, a couple of, of euro off. You just might save that money by going elsewhere and actually changing the brand or changing the product um, because this is where it's very, very difficult. Um, it's, it's not so bad if you've got transportation and have the time and energy to be wandering around and looking at prices. But if you're an individual on your own or a student or whatever way you want to put it um, or in, in a rural area, You don't have much choice in doing that, so you're you're stuck. And as as, again, as you pointed out, if it's the basics, you really are stuck.
2: Yeah, yeah. And for those that do have a car and are able to travel, I think shopping around is never more important. And as you say, looking to the own uh, brands, um, yeah, uh, and and the own brands, people will be surprised can be as good as the branded good that they've been paying maybe double for in some cases for many years.
4: Uh, Absolutely. And I mean, it needs to be borne in mind, um, you know, a, 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 a very significant amount of our population. Um, have changed to own brand I mean it's it's way very high in the percentages and they're enjoying it it's the best way I'll put it because they're saving money the food is good you can't you can't sell food that's not safe and not not good you know so I know we've been since we were children we were we were acclimatized to brands and you should buy this and you're better off to buy this and support that but the bottom line of it is you've got to mind yourself right now and just eat well and at an affordable price and it, it, it still is possible. Um, it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge. As I said, most people have tried that and they're nearly at their wit's end because there's nowhere left to go. But um, at least they've, they've found a the balance. Okay, and
2: very finally, Dermot, electricity prices, they seem to be as high as ever. Um, surely we should be starting to see them fall.
4: I would have thought so too um, it 's long past the time where're where, and, and again, I think the focus on food now has taken away from the focus on energy pricing um, and it needs to come back to the to the table, which is what is going on and why are we not seeing reductions um, I know we 've heard you know very Understandable um, outlinings from the, the 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 suppliers of why they need to retain various amounts of profit if they're to co- continue to exist and invest in, in in new options for us. But that said, something again really with with all of the facilitations of of easement gone, all of the the the, the um, gifts, if you want to call it that, from the state there's nothing left. We need to have something more at this stage. And and it's not so much asking government to do something, it's asking the providers to look at why they cannot reduce the price by some percentage.
2: Okay, Dermot Jewell, always a pleasure. Thank you for that, Dermot Jewell of the Consumer Association of Ireland. Good morning to you. And that was a chat that I had earlier with um, Dermot uh, Jewell and actually the the report that i was I based a lot of that interview on is the latest report from Cantar. Uh, they began tracking supermarket prices fifteen years ago actually uh, in this country, but it was just shocking to see how month on month uh, the prices are rising, and there's no sign of them going down and, and they Cantar uh, themselves say that obviously the main driver of the spiraling prices is to do with the higher energy costs. And of course, uh, some of that was sparked by the war in Ukraine. So we've got the energy crisis going up and then the knock on of that means manufacturing is more expensive. But then you add into things like fertilizer uh, costs have gone up. The running costs of pr- production are so much higher than, than they were, say, 18 months ago. So it's all having a knock on effect. And of course, it's feeding all the way down to uh, us, the uh, consumers. And analysis are hoping hoping to see an easing of the high inflation rates, but they're not expecting it to happen until about midway through this year. We should start to see a uh, slowdown uh, because, as I say, we've had record-breaking increases Uh, for the last 16 months every single month month on month and every month there was the hope maybe next month it'll start to fall maybe next month it'll start to fall but it hasn't it's the 16th month in a row that prices have gone up in the supermarkets 0818 103 103 John Paul uh, taking your calls thank you to people our listeners are great when we're looking for information for people. Firstly, Maura was looking for briquettes and was saying she can't seem to buy them anywhere. She's in the Ballydesmond area of County Cork and she likes the heat from briquettes. She's finding the oil very expensive but she's having uh, difficulty getting briquettes and I was wondering, have they just gone into short supply? Jim reckons he's seen briquettes in Newmarket at Tigreine's uh, shop. Someone else has pointed out that briquettes are available in both Aldi and Little Now, they're not stocked all year round. When the summer months come in, they don't stock it. They only stock them in the winter months. So what Maura needs to do is stock up on them now, particularly if she wants to have maybe, you know, she might like to light a fire during the summer months. And someone else says there's lots of briquettes at Coleman's Garage in Mill Street. And someone said that's not not very far from Ballydesmond. So that would be easier for Maura to get to Coleman's Garage in Mill Street They have briquettes. And then we were looking for the Camp Coffee Essence for another listener who loves to make a coffee cake and can't get the Camp Essence anywhere. Lots of people in on this one. Miriam Ballyhay says that Camp Coffee Essence is available in Duns and Super Value in uh, Charleville. I get it there all of the time. And says the Camp Essence. Uh, coffee essence is in Dano's Super Value in uh, Mallow. That's where I get mine. There seems to be a lot of people cooking kind baking up coffee cakes Camp Coffee Essence it's usually available in all of the local Super Values Uh, Mary O'Brien says uh, that Camp Coffee Essence that your listener is inquiring about is certainly available at Farrell's Super Value in uh, Mitchellstown Happy Easter to all says uh, Mary O'Brien and uh, many happy returns Mary and thank you to people who took time out to uh, text and WhatsApp to oh eight six two. 103
3: 103. Court today on C one oh three
1: with Corrigan Insurances McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. C M I G dot
2: Okay, staying on the price of groceries which have soared by a record sixteen point eight percent in the last year. And the advice is that people need to change their shopping habits. And one of the suggestions is you know, we all need to really start looking at the supermarket its own brand range. Fidelma McCroom finds that the supermarket own brand range in some instances can be almost as expensive as the branded goods. She's also tried out some of the own brand range and she doesn't think they taste as good. She's also noticed that the own brand range they seem to be increasing in prices and sometimes there can be very little difference between the own brand and a branded goods. Sometimes it can be as low as 50 cent. Mary said, I always go for the supermarket own brand uh, goods rather than the branded. And I do that based on uh, cost. But what Mary has noticed is packs have shrunk in size yet the price is either the same or it's increased that's right across the board Sh- uh, shrinkflation Dermajoule touched on that you're buying something that say normally you would have been getting say a kilo of you know, pasta we'll just say for example uh, and whatever it was costing and suddenly you're picking up what you think is still the kilo bag and it's not it might be only 750 uh, grams instead of the kilo but the price will be the same or maybe even slightly higher and they call that shrinkflation and that's sort is uh, happening Mary says she's also noticing car insurance is going up and she said you hear excuses that it's labour costs that one doesn't go down well with Mary because she said how often are we hearing of the working poor and people struggling on a minimum wage yet businesses will say their labour costs have uh, gone up even though yeah I have heard labour costs I think most businesses will say it's the energy costs it's the one that really is uh, catching them thank you for your call Uh, Eleanor is in Carrigan line. Uh, good morning to you, Eleanor. Good morning, Patricia. Okay, How I, are you? I'm very well, thank you. Have you noticed the price of everything going up every week when you're in the supermarket?
5: Not every week even, Patricia. Every day.
2: Every day?
5: Yeah, you go down one day and it's a certain price and you go down the following day. No, maybe that item hadn't gone up previously, but they're ever increasing and we've got no choice really in relation to it. It's even with the own brand's You've got to take them or leave them. And if you're on a fixed budget, you're very much, you know, tied into it. Because if you need particularly the bread, milk, butter, et cetera, et cetera, tea bags, you've got to have them because you can't have Yeah, Yeah, the list. basically Basically without them. But I noticed particularly now I have grandchildren and they used to come to me and I'd give them a little ice cream. Yeah. And I used to buy them in super value yeah. for one forty-five. And I went down a fortnight ago, and the same five little tiny ice creams were gone to €2.29, which is 80 something cents in the difference. Now, I mean, that is
2: That's rip a off. lot. That's a lot. In my
5: opinion, that is rip off. I mean, we know there's. You know, the type of- <laughs>
2: Just move, just move slightly with your phone. You've just, the signal is just slightly dropped. Yeah, I, you're perfect there, yeah. yeah go I on. know
5: that there's price increases for labour and delivery and all the rest of the things. But I mean, it's just unread to put 80 cents on five little ice creams. Yeah, I yeah. just walked out. I didn't buy them.
2: Yeah, because the, the thing is, like things are going up like one week, something might have gone up just by 10 cent or 20 cent. But the, but the problem is everything is going up by now the 80 cent. That's a, that's, a, that's a huge jump. But it's when you, if you're doing a full trolley load, like a family with children, and, you know, I, and I, and I look in the supermarket and you can see some of the stressed out mothers, you know, that might have two and three kids trying to put everything, you know, that they need. And if you've got teenagers in the mix, like a full trolley load of shopping, if everything has gone up by 20, 30, 40 cent, that's a huge difference when you get to the checkout. It
5: is indeed. And what I have also noticed significantly, and I have said it to a few friends and neighbours of mine, Toilet paper and kitchen paper has also gone ridiculous. I know we were craving for it at the start of the <laughs> pandemic and we would have paid anything for it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's, there's a fine line, is what I'm trying to suggest, yeah. you know. I mean, the, the, we have to start pro- protesting or doing something because, I mean, they can't keep going this way because I'm on an old age pension, so I have only a certain amount of money and yeah. by the time all the utilities and all the rest, Uh, are paid out. There's nothing in the purse by Tuesday
2: or Wednesday. Yeah, when are the increases going to stop? I mean, they're saying, uh, analysts are saying halfway through this year, halfway through this year. So that means for April, May, June, July, we're going to have to continue with increases on top of what we're already paying.
5: Yes, but that's what I'm saying. The increases will go on top of the already increases. Yeah. So it's like compounding interest in the old days, as we used to call it, you know, it, it, it's just a, when is it going to stop like?
2: Yeah. And the list that I read out from the, the, the latest shopping bag increase, I mean, I would class all of these as the stables, not as luxuries. Your slice pan, your milk, your cheese, your potatoes, your butter, chicken, eggs, carrots, tea bags.
5: None of them yeah, are luxury. The and the toilet paper the well, the kitchen paper you could probably do without. Yeah, I mean the, the the toilet paper for a family
0: has you
5: gone. Know? I mean, I was in a, another well-known supermarket last week, and there was a special offer apparently on for toilet paper. Great. And uh, nine rolls of toilet paper was nine euro.
2: Nine rolls of toilet and special
5: the toilet paper uh, was nine euro.
2: That's on special offer
5: was apparently supposed to
2: be a special offer. We're going to be handing out two sheets, two little squares of toilet paper to people as, as they're going oh, well, into the Well, No, in fairness, all. I don't
5: <laughs> think there's any family in the country that's going to be able to ration toilet paper. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, people are going to be
2: buying the cheaper brands of toilet paper, the luxury but ones.
5: With respect, I've tried that um, have you they're not they're not, they're not. <laughs> particularly with toilet paper definitely
2: not the yeah. same um and and the one that got me at the weekend was the, the can of Dove deodorant 9 euro
5: for a can yeah. of deodorant I sure for the shampoos and the all oh, the rest I know. Of like we're not we don't have to have those things. But I mean, as you said, the stable things that we do yeah. have to have. And we have
2: to have the toilet paper. We're not and going we have to yeah. have the toilet We're paper. We're not going back to newspapers. All right. No. Listen, listen thanks for that. Thanks okay. for that. Uh, Thank that is um, Eleanor. Let me go to where am I going next? I'm going to Willie is on uh, one uh, in y'all. Uh, good morning, Willie.
6: Good morning. Now,
2: now you come saying you can still cook a healthy meal for under a fiver.
6: Under five euro. Fresh dinner. Fr- daily fresh dinner.
2: How many will it feed?
6: It will feed myself.
2: Okay. Why, what are you cooking?
6: Potatoes, cabbage, turnip and bacon.
2: And you'll get that for five euro?
6: Less than five euro. was cook for less than five euro.
2: Yeah, if you're cooking for one. Yes. Yeah. You, you'll get a few days out of that.
6: No, I'll get for myself Per day. It will cost me almost a five of my dinner every day.
2: And is that what you do?
6: Cook myself, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. But you see cooking for one and it's better than going for a ready meal. Is that what you're picking up on the process? A ready is?
6: meal is that a fresh meal.
2: Yeah, yeah.
6: Ready meal may be made with the last week.
2: So what are you saying to people that they need to plan their dinners?
6: Fresh food. is vitally important. And have fresh food every day. The, the, the day of buying fresh produce is gone. It's only all processed food or it's in a and maybe four or five days. You will get home and it's there for a couple of more days and it is cooked. And the goodness has gone out of it by the time you eat it.
2: So if you buy a head of cabbage and a turnip and a bag of potatoes, do you, I mean, you'll get a few days out of that, will you?
6: Oh, I will, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And do you, do you freeze the dinners or just put, put them in the fridge? No, I don't. I cook, no? I cook, you cook everything fresh. Basis. Okay. all right. I go to
6: my own garden on a daily basis and I can cut my own cabbage and my own turnips and my own potatoes and I buy my potatoes. bacon.
2: Ah. And
6: I can, go, away, I can c- go way under five euro when I do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay.
6: I can do way better.
2: So what? So you're saying to people start growing their own veg?
6: People, I think, my thing opinion, there's an awful lot of people out there they go off and they buy a, a prepared meal. It's a lot easier. Yeah. M- most of the prepared meals, that could be cooked. I don't know how long they're cooked, but they're
2: not fresh. Well, it. of course they're not. Of course they're, of course they're not. They're, they're pre-packed. There's additives in them and everything in order to keep them fresh, but they're not. I'm going un- back
6: to talking about the milk price. I can buy three litres of milk all the time for three coffee, which works out at 5.55 cents a half liter, And that's the way I buy my milk.
2: That's which milk?
6: 330 for 3 litres on earth.
2: And that keeps which, you going for?
6: Which works out at 55 cents a half litre.
2: Yeah. And that'll keep you going for how long? Most of the week. Yeah. You see, if you're, if you're one, one on your own, yeah, one on your own, but families, if you've got a family with maybe two teenage children and a couple of other kids, you're not going to if be my doing my it for family a family. Five... have
6: some means of money at, at the present day with this government. This government are extremely good to the country. Yeah. I think number one is your food on a daily
2: basis. It's how people are managing.
6: It's how people are managing. We're very wasteful when it comes down to it. I've seen an awful lot of people they have a quarter of pizza in the rest of the town but they're talking about the cost of the pizza. The pizza is not fresh, number one.
2: The witch. sorry, I, I didn't hear you there probably The which isn't fresh?
6: The pizza
2: Oh the pizza. Pizza, they've, yeah. They have
6: okay. a quarter of a pizza, half a pizza then they have enough. Strong the bin. They talk about the cost of pizza but they are not eating half of
2: it. So you're saying go back to basics, cook from scratch. Exactly. Okay. Great if you have the time to do it. If you're if you're a, a working mother and a working father, two incomes to try and keep the roof over your head, not always easy to start cooking from scratch when you come in at the end of the day, will it?
6: Well, I have to do it on a daily basis myself. And I also think that everyone can do it if they want to, but they just don't want it. Because I can see every evening I really made me use the half five, six o'clock. Everyone is rushing for them. Business the time this half is half-hour, one o'clock. It's not six o'clock in the evening.
2: Okay. All right. Go go back to basics is what you're saying and cook everything from uh, scratch. We'll put it out there and see do others agree or disagree with you, Willie. In the meantime, thank you for that. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. Huge, huge amount of uh, reaction coming in on the price of uh, groceries. I suppose just proving everybody is uh, noticing, but particularly if you're on uh, a very fixed income, if you're living on a set amount every week and with the cost of everything going up, people are really... Really, really finding it uh, hard. Just to give you a sample of some of the texts and calls that we've received, him uh, By the way, there was a reaction to uh, Willie Inyall, who was on saying he can cook a, a healthy meal for under a fiver. Uh, he's got his bacon, his potatoes, his turnips. And his cabbage, even though he did then, as the interview went on, explain that he does grow some of them himself uh, as well. But he was basically saying that people are wasting money on uh, pre-prepared meals, or on processed foods, and that we all need to go back to basics and start cooking from scratch. Somebody says, hi, Patricia. OMG listening to Willie from Y'all he must have all the time in the world and nothing else to do only cooking and I did try to put that argument uh, to him if you've got a household with both parents uh, working and they're coming home at the end of the day and there's homework to be done and the house is to be run and everything else is to be done very hard to start from scratch uh, in cooking a meal and I know a lot of people who if they're off on the weekends will be batch cooking and and doing the very best that they can but cooking every single meal fresh from scratch every day is, is and can be a lot of hard work if you're working outside of the home at the same time. Mike says Patricia be under no illusion this is on electricity cost. Mike reckons the reason electricity is so dear is because the greens have closed our power stations and they won't put a cap on the price of electricity for consumers yet yesterday the government were reporting billions coming in in corporation uh, tax why can't they use that what are they putting that away for the government needs to get real but they they wouldn't know the price of a loaf of bread or the price of a pint of milk that's from Mike Neve is in Cove and he says we've been doing our shopping online with Tesco for the past 12 months and we've saved so much money when I'm picking out what to buy I sort the products by cost and then I look at the cheapest option I'll have that at the top of the the list and that's what I will select I'll normally go with the cheapest that is on offer this would be impossible to do if I was shopping shopping in the shop as I was tend to pick up the familiar products, I would recommend people look into this option of shopping online. You can prepay a delivery sa- saver, which means you only pay a three euro delivery and with your club card there's also great savings uh, they also do an Aldi price match on many items and it isn't just Tesco there's a lot of other stores as well where you can shop online now and you can do a click and collect where you shop online and go yourself and collect it so there isn't any delivery cost uh, with that either. And some people find shopping online. I think the one big advantage to shopping online is you literally only buy what you need. The impulsive nature of when you're in the shop and you look at something, "Mm, do I need that? Okay, I'll buy that. And it also stops you buying. How often have we all gone to the supermarket and bought something and you come home and you find that you already have it in the cupboard or you already have it in the fridge? if you're shopping online you have a tendency to check what's in the cupboard and what's in the fridge so there isn't any money wasted I think with ordering online. Uh, someone wants to know why is the same slice pan 60 cent dira in one shop in the same town uh, and you go to another shop and it's 60 cent more expensive What's individual shops isn't it uh, charging what they want or need to shop. Someone else says Patricia I was in Tesco yesterday to discover once again everything seems to be more expensive than it was on my previous shop. Shop. One thing in particular that stood out for me was shampoo. A shampoo I used to buy and liked to buy €6.99. Uh, that same bottle of shampoo has gone up to €10. Euro. When is it all going to end? It's a little bit like the cans of deodorant I was talking about going up to uh, 9 euro I think they were normally around maybe the 455 euro mark I never remember paying 9 euro for a can of deodorant Happy Easter says this listener to all at C103 many happy returns John says Patricia we're talking about grocery inflation at 16% well at 16.8% to be exact it's closer to 17% and yet the inflation in the economy is running at 8% there needs to be a government inquiry in to this as most people suspect there must be profiteering going on by the supermarkets. These increases cannot be justified and people need to start complaining to their local uh, their local supermarkets and in fairness Dermot Jewell of the Consumer Association they've been calling it out and saying you know why and he said every time they try and investigate why is everything going, going so expensive in the supermarket you know the supermarket will point back to the producer the producer's pointing back to the manufacturer and everyone's passing the buck saying it's not us making the profit it's not us making the profit but somewhere in the middle somebody is making huge profits and I think that's a good example by John I mean if the inflation is running at 8% and grocery price inflation is running at nearly 17% that's double what the average of what the inflation in the economy is running at there has to be some kind of an explanation somebody must be profiteering somewhere along the line Hi Patricia it is It's the one thing food prices are going, uh, it is very much one thing the food prices are going up. But in the last four to six weeks, this listener says that she is finding it impossible to buy fresh onions. Have other noticed fresh onions? Every supermarket I've been in, whether it's own brand or branded uh, onions, uh, I just can't seem to get good fresh onions. 90% of the time when I get them home, they'll be gone off even after a day or two, even if I only spend 49 cent on a bag of onions. I will return them says this listener. So it's not that the onions aren't in there but they're just not fresh enough and it's when you, when you get it home. I mean the one I've noticed with fruit and veg uh, tomatoes were, were really hard to get and I've noticed that some of those tomatoes then when I do buy them they don't seem to last as long which leads me to believe how long were they actually in uh, the supermarket and peppers is another one. Peppers have gone very uh, expensive as well and again you might get a bag with three peppers uh, in it, you really need to examine the peppers inside the supermarket because you can get them home, open the bag and in a day or two they, they, they can be gone off. That's really, really frustrating. But well done, this listener says, regardless of how cheap the item is, if it's gone off, she's bringing it back. The government and the EU, says another texture, and the World Bank need to get with the programme when it comes to inflation in this world. It is outrageous. And of course while we are very much looking you know, at our own supermarket prices and inflation in this country, this listeners or a name on this it, it, uh, this is martin in west cork is right this is a worldwide issue this isn't something that's just happening in ireland this is happening in other countries as well anyway so martin is saying the eu the world bank the government the need to get with the program uh, inflation around the world is outrageous and don't be telling us it'll ease in 6 months they said that last year as well and here we are and it hasn't eased we're not dummies of course it can be solved We've got to get back to basics with our economics and what is important to us without changing our values. At the end of the day, the two most important things are food and shelter and the government needs protecting us when it comes to both of those. That's from Martin. Thank you for that. In uh, West Cork, I mentioned deodorant. and (laughs) When I saw the deodorant at nine euro a can in the supermarket, couldn't believe it. Uh, Alien says tip for anybody buying deodorant or any other personal items is to go to some of the discount uh, stores. Aileen said, I purchased three cans of Lynx deodorant and they were only three euro a can. So what Aileen does is once a month she goes to some of these discount stores Obviously has her shopping list with her and she stocks up on all of those, any of those personal uh, items, but also items that she can use around the house and around the kitchen, like floor cleaners, deodorants, shampoos, uh, whatever. She also gets her toilet rolls there and she reckons she's saving around €20 a month or more by doing one big shop once a month in some of these larger discount stores and then stocks up and she's saving that way. So there's another tip. And that's what Kantar, the retail analysis are saying. People have to change the way they shop. And if we continue to shop the way we are shopping and don't change any of the particular brands that we're buying, then you can expect on an average shopping bill for the year an extra 1,200 will go onto that grocery bill for this year if we don't change our habits. So there's a suggestion from Aileen look to some of those discount stores and just go. You don't have to go every week, go once a month and uh, stock up. And Anne says, P- Patricia, I've noticed that all of my grocery bills have gone up. I've got grandchildren visiting from abroad. Price of everything has gone up uh, so much. And I'm, I'm only buying the essential items, I'm not buying the luxuries. It is ridiculous. Add to that, my gas bill has tripled. And by the way, Suzanne, really careful when it comes to switching on and off the gas. I don't have the heating on except for hot water and for cooking. Uh, so Ann says, oh, happy Easter to all at C103. Indeed, many happy returns uh, to you. Um, um, And then on, I oh, this is on when we were discussing with, who was it we were discussing it with in the last hour. I was discussing with Eleanor in Carrigaline about the price of toilet papers. And Eleanor has noticed, and there's a lot of other people actually agreeing with Eleanor saying toilet paper has gone ridiculous. It is so expensive. Here's, here's one for you. I have a b-day, says a texter. I haven't bought toilet paper for probably 30 years. Don't know how many people have B days in their homes. I know when we when we go on holidays, there's always the B day, and, and I've never used one. But somebody got a B day installed, and obviously you've got your money back tenfold because they never use toilet paper. They use the B day in self. Aileen says hi, Patricia. I've seen Nestle's gluten free cornflakes go from two euro seventy nine to three euro ninety nine in one. Week That was in Duns and in Tesco. And then it came back down to three U 39 in Duns the following week. Or well, there's something that came back down because we're not often seeing anything coming back down. But Eileen said she's noticed that one, that it has uh, come back uh, down. Um, Hi Patricia I just have to roll my eyes to heaven Two women were just talking in a shop about Easter One says I suppose I'll be stuffing myself with chocolate and the other said Sure isn't that what it's all about I give up says this uh, texter And a final one Morning Patricia Everybody's giving out about the cost of living and how groceries are going up and gas bills are going up and electricity bills are going up and car insurance Everyone is complaining But says this texter at the same time no matter what coffee shop you pass uh, by during the day there's always a crowd inside no matter what restaurant you pass at the weekend it's always full there are thousands leaving the country for an Easter break this weekend uh, but they said yes that's what was said yesterday on the radio so are things as bad as people are saying thanking you well, my answer to that is unfortunately, things are bad for a cohort of people, and then there are another cohort of people who will be noticing the price of everything going up, but they can afford the cost of the extra increases. But unfortunately, there are people, in particular people, who are on a very fixed income, people who are living on social welfare, people who are the working poor that we've spoken about, people who are on short-term contracts are only work part-time. So it's the haves and the have-nots. And I do think in society today, I think that that gap between Those that have enough and can well afford to live and can well afford to be going to the coffee shops a couple of times a week, can be going out for their meals at the weekend, can be flying off uh, somewhere on their Easter, Easter holidays. The gap between those and the people that are really struggling, the people that we're, you know, we're hearing from. I mean, people who are contacting us talking about the price of everything are the people who are on fixed incomes and are really finding it very hard. So, yes, there are people going into the coffee shops, which is good for the coffee shop owners and the people that work there. There are people going into the restaurants. The restaurants are giving employment to people. So that is good for people as well. But unfortunately, we very much have. Two tier society, particularly when it comes to the cost of living. 103, 103. our lines are open. C103 jobs. The Hibernian Hotel in Mallow, they've got a vacancy for accommodation assistant. CVs please to Donna at in, you email info at hibernianhotel.com. Cork's 96 FM and C103 is recruiting a junior business development executive. It's to drive new business acquisition and identify new revenue streams. Full date details are available on our jobs page at c103.ie forward slash jobs. Hackney driver with a PSV license and a clean driving license is wanted for the Bantry area. Call lean on 086 855 6189. And Araglin House Nursing Home. They've got a vacancy for a senior activities coordinator. Qualification in social care or health care is essential. CVs to chris at araglanhouse.ie You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. You can go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... C103.
3: Court today on C103
1: with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie.
2: I can see a lot more uh, texts coming in about the uh, cost of living and what people are finding has really gone up in price, and I will get back to them. But I want to move to a different issue because preparations to develop another 74 kilometre greenway, which will eventually link Mallow to Dungarvan in County War. Are underway with the defunct railway line between the two towns emerging as the preferred route. Great news for people who are fans of these greenways. But what happens if a portion of that old railway line happens to run through your farmland? Clina O'Shea, along with her partner, runs a farm in Formoy and she joins me to outline how her farm would be affected by this proposed uh, greenway. Uh, good morning, Chiklina.
7: Good morning, uh, how are
2: you? I'm very well, and you're welcome. Your farm is on the uh, emerging prefer, preferred route. How much of yes. the greenway would end up on your land, do you believe?
7: Uh, one kilometre. One kilometre right through the centre of the farm.
2: Dividing the farm in two?
7: Dividing the farm in two, well, there'll be 50 acres on one side and it'll be landlocked between the river and the greenway. And then 70 acres. Then and the, we only have one access point from the road. And on that access point, because the near the, the nearest structure to us is the um, Brick viaduct, right? So they actually definitely want that in it. And that comes right up onto the middle of our farm. And like they're telling us that they have a 500 metre corridor where they can deviate from the line, but with that 500 metres, they will still be right in the middle of the farm. <laughs> So, like they're like they're saying they go around the, the the edge of the farm or the perimeter of the farm. That's not that won't happen here. So they will basically every time we want to access the lower part of the farm, which will like will be several times a day, we'll have to cross over the greenway with machinery, with stock, with whatever. Like, so how?
2: Um, so, what effect would that have on particularly say when you look at the way you farm today?
7: Yeah, well, you see, like here on our farm, our farm is, we're very self-sustainable here on our farm. Okay. We do all our own work. We don't have contractors coming in or whatever. So if we have 50 acres of silage down by the river and we want to bring it up back into the yard, like for like us, the two people here working full time, it would mean one of us will have to stand on the greenway all day while we're doing silage to open and close gates because... It, it, like it would be too dangerous to come up with an acre of grass in a trailer I don't know I don't know how much that weighs but it's a lot and stop at the top of the hill because coming up from the river you're coming up the hill and it's nearly as steep as coming up Patrick's hill Car. so if you imagine a big heavy lorry going up and you're driving behind that and he has to stop on that hill his brakes might not hold him
2: and and w- have you animals would there be cattle as well that would have to cross
7: we have cattle we'd well. we have, cattle. We have we buy young calves, so we'd be very conscious of trying to keep them disease-free and keep them from being disturbed by dogs and trespassers and everything. And like, as, we, as we've all seen how viruses spread and viruses can go from animals to humans and vice versa. Like when you're buying in young stock, you, you have to be very careful with them because any small thing like will make them
2: sick and they'll die very quickly. OK, have, have you been um, contacted because under the government's strategy for the development of the National Regional Greenways, and that's exactly what we are talking about, they say yeah. early engagement with the local community and particularly landowners that may be affected either directly or indirectly, you're certainly directly, uh, before any decisions regarding route selection is vital. How much interaction have you had? None
7: and they sent out 29,700 notices for the first public consultation right Yeah.
2: they got
7: 800 replies of the 29,700 I'd say about 10 landowners out of 250 got notices there was a meeting there um, a month or six weeks ago for the emerging, emerging route the preferred emerging route very few of us even got notification about that yet. And, like, they're not going to send us letters now at this stage. There's a man going from Mallow to, down to Dungarvan meeting all the landowners. We haven't even been notified that.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. That's stamps.com. Code program.
7: We're on that route
2: yet. And you're definitely on the route. But
7: you're going to get some divide up yeah. the next door if yeah. so don't come to me. Okay,
2: what, what about an, an underpass? Is would, would that be of any Under, use? Would it be possible?
7: Underpasses will work for livestock, but they won't work for machinery. They're not big enough. Of course, of course. But the, yeah. problem, the problem here as well is this is like all limestone ground, and you know, like which is down caves, all limestone, and that's yeah. what's under our farm—caves like that. Uh, we we can't even we can't, we're even finding it hard to think uh, a water well because we get down so far, and then all the ground collapses out into a cave. And yeah, so an
2: under an underpass, even if it was viable, yeah, it just like, just would not work. Yeah. Just wouldn't
7: work. And like here, we have a couple of what we call swallow holes. That's where the ground has sunk down into a cave, and there's like a, a big dip in the ground. And those are actually full of water now and it's groundwater coming up from the underground stream. So, like, the underpass will be flooded for the whole winter.
2: And I'm also thinking about the... Obviously, the public will have access to your land. I know it'll be on the greenway, but... I mean, and you're talking <laughs> about the cattle. But is there, a, is there a danger with you know people who don't understand cattle? Gates being yeah. left open.
7: Yeah, there is. Like, we... The, like the Greenway coming through here it's not like I know people might be familiar with the Waterford Greenway yeah. the Waterford Greenway all that was a, a passageway all the way down from dungarvan to Waterford that was all still intact that was all left there after the, the mill closed but it was still in state ownership the farmers didn't own it and it was all there there was high ditches there was big trees all of that was still there and there was a corridor in between two ditches here you know, there's no, none of that none of that structure is there anymore it's all gone And, like, the majority of of that is actually farms now. It's not, there is no abandoned line. There is no defunct line. There is no line at all. It's all gone.
2: Yeah, it's very different. It is very
7: different. And what they'll give us then is posting rail fence and a bit of sheep wire, right? Now, we're not milking cows here, but next door are milking cows. And he has seven bulls. And, like, people walking up and down, and, like, I don't like some people don't understand. Okay, you'll have an electric fence. But if a bull is, is, is tormented enough by it, and, and, and a DVR upset them, and it just greens the people up and down there all day long, and we'll be the two closest farms to the town, that <laughs> electric fence and that post and rail fence and that sheep wire will not stop that bull if he wants to attack someone on that greenway. It will not stop them. If we are out spreading story which we have to do as part of our, our business, and there's people walking on the greenway and they get a speck of cow dung on their clothes. If we're spraying our barley and we, with like whatever fungicides or whatever we have to spray, there's no protection between the farm and the, and the public. Like these are things that we have to do.
2: And these are things that have to be discussed. We that's why, That's why it's you it's
7: know... So like They're talking about the price of food there all, all morning. Yeah. This is where our, your food is produced, on our farms. And between Mallow and Duncaravan, they will take out 150 acres. That's a whole farm has been taken out of production. So food is only going to go one way then you take, if you take that much far, farmland out of production. Like, yeah. People don't understand. There's a big disconnect between people in town and what ha- actually happens on farms. Like the, this line, because we all bought it, right? The CIE closed the line in the 60s. They took up all the tracks, all the seats. They took up all the evidence of the, of the, the railway. And then in, in our, in our tent, um we bought our bit in 1982. The CIE offered it to the farmers. And it was it was purchased for the sole purpose of making the rest of our land accessible and easier to work. And where that line went now, at the moment, it, there's got, we have barley set in it. We have potatoes set for our own use for the house. We have beans for the, to feed our cattle and the barley to feed our own cattle. And uh, we'll, we'll have some bit, some bit of sugar beet in it as well. And that's what's being produced in that, where they want to put that greenway now. So we have big machinery up and down there. We'll have the combine. With, we'll have barley grown there. Just say this summer now, if that greenway was there, and our barley was ready to, was ripened and ready to cut. And somebody went along the greenway and flicked a cigarette in
2: we could lose 20 acres of beef. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, greenways are great, but it's at what cost? It's it at really is. Cost? And that's why I'm really disappointed when when I asked you that question about the early engagement because, you no, know, the government, the, if you, the. you look at the government strategy for the development of the greenways, they emphasize that the early enge- en- engagement yeah. before any decisions around the route is I mean, these are the and kind like, of things that should be discussed before they put any preferred yeah. option of a route.
7: But you see, they just preferred an emerging route, right? That suggests that they actually looked at another route. They didn't. They didn't. And it's all falsehood. Like they said, it's um, a, a defunct rail line. There is no rail line. They said there's 75% in state ownership. It is not 75% in state ownership. And people are thinking that it's all this all overgrown track. And, you know, it'll be lovely to t- t- tidy it up. It, it actually is not. It's our farm. It's, um, it's, it's there, there is there a
2: possibility that this could be the end of your farm?
7: Yeah, definitely. It just wouldn't be workable. And like we've like, so people. you can come out and go for your walk on the greenway and you can go home. That greenway is there 100 metres from my farmyard and my home every day for the rest of my life. That greenway impacts my working day, every single day, my security, my privacy, all gone, every single day for the rest of my life and for my children's life.
2: And you've no say, is how you feel.
5: And we have no say.
7: CPO means we don't have a choice.
2: When does the public consultation open, Sienna?
7: Um There was one last year. Um, I think they're talking about it during the summer. And like, like, in all fairness, this green this greenway will cost millions. Millions now. Not, it's not going to be 20 or 30. It could be nearly 100 million. It could yeah, be more.
2: Yeah, because, because of the... Land, land, yeah. land
7: prices here are very high because it is the best. It's in the best farmland in the country. And land prices here are very high. They're at a premium. You cannot even get a piece of ground to rent around here at, at, along all along from Mallow to Waterford it, from D- to Dungarvan. It's the best land in the county. And you can't get you can't even rent a piece of ground around here if you wanted to expand your farm. And like, if that greenway goes in there in the middle of my farm, it has actually devalued my farm by fifty percent. And I'm ass- yeah, and I'm assuming you're, you're, you're,
2: you're not. I'm assuming you're not the only one. There's other. I mean, oh, lot of yeah. the, the
7: bigger farms than me that are in, that are, are uh, like like the, the land price here are up around forty grand an acre, right? Yeah, and. If my farm is divided in half, I'm down to 15,000 an acre. And like you just think, if, like, like for challenge people, say you're going out to buy a house and there's two houses there and they're identical and they fit your criteria and everything. And they're around the same price. And one of them has a greenway outside the back door. And they're, you're looking at your kitchen window at people walking up and down all day. Or, or exit's going across your driveway and you can't get into, like, you can't get in, like, they were having the problem on the Douglas Road where you can't use your driveway. And the other house, uh, the street over and no greenway. Which house are you going to
2: buy? Yeah, of course, the one, the one across the road where you're not waving every day at the people passing on the yeah. greenway. All and right, we listen, we... We'll, uh, yeah. and, and, and in the meantime, you now have to wait until this, the, the, the next public oh, consultation to, is yeah. due to open. Yeah. Um, and that would be the opportunity for you and others, I'm assuming, who will put in their yeah. uh, submissions. All right. OK, listen, we'll stay in contact with you, cleaner uh, I mean, it, it does look like it's going to have a massive, massive impact oh, uh, on, massive. Y- on your know, farm.
7: If, if, if you wanted to come out and see it for yourself you're more than welcome to come and see Okay, you're very you kind to
2: to. You're very kind Listen, we'll stay in contact Thank you for that and thanks for oh, talking thank to you us you today okay. Good morning to you That is Kleena uh, O'Shea one of the farmers in the Fumoy area who will be affected by that proposed the emerging pre- prepared route which runs from uh, Dungarvon, Cappaquin, Lismore Ballyduff, Clondaland Fumoy, which is where Kleena is Ballyhooly, Killavullen, and then on into Mallow uh, As I say, Greenways are great, but at what cost to the landowner?
3: Cork today on C103.
2: That's the uh, well-known signature tune from Coronation Street and we all might be limited in how we watch our favourite soaps because a policy document leaked to the online news site Politico revealed last week that the European Commission has floated the idea of removing UK-made TV and film from its definition of... European content to discuss the potential impact of uh, such uh, a move. I'm joined by MEP for the South, uh, Billy Kelleher. Good morning to you, Billy. Good
8: morning, Patricia.
2: Uh, And and you're welcome. Would such a move be more damaging for us, the Irish viewers, than say it would be other European countries?
8: Oh yes, there's no doubt from an Irish perspective it would be very damaging for the national broadcaster and all the other providers of um television and streaming content in Ireland. Uh, we certainly, you know, need to uh, argue the case and ensure that the Commission's proposals uh, don't go ahead as they've been leaked uh, in terms of redefining uh, British-produced um, programmes as being non-European. And that is the kernel of the issue. At the moment, they are, but because of Brexit, they've ruled themselves of the European Union. And to be considered uh, European content, you have to have some connection uh, with the single market, or you have to be signed up to various uh, broadcasting conventions. Uh, but I certainly have the view that this will be exceptionally damaging to um, the choice that Irish viewers have become accustomed to, and uh, certainly it would be commercially damaging to the uh, television stations in Ireland and streaming programmes in Ireland. And on top of that, uh, countries that would have a strong uh, historic connect in terms of English-speaking, English-language programmes, like Denmark, uh, the Netherlands, um, Northern Germany as well, for example, uh, which would use a lot of um, English-speaking uh, uh, television programmes as well, that would have an impact as well. So overall, and, it's very damaging and it looks like it's vindictive and petty.
2: And at the moment, is there is there a percentage of programmes that must have a European content?
8: Yes, it's uh, defined in the, uh, the audiovisual directive. So about 30% of your programmes must be European content. Um, and so from that perspective... Uh, you know, Ireland uses a lot of the programmes from the UK, so that's that's fine. But if you are to have them as European content, well, then we would have to start sourcing them from elsewhere other than the um, UK. You know, so be, you would end up potentially watching programmes produced in other European countries, which is fine, but doesn't give the Irish viewer the choice that they want.
2: Is, is it a bit of a slap on the wrist to the UK? Is, is this all going back to Brexit? I mean, is that what this is all about? Well, I've no doubt that,
8: it's, it, it, in my view, it's, it's, it's slightly vindictive uh, and even petty being truthful if this is the thinking of the Commission in terms of the review of the directive and what's redefining European content. I mean, the UK is geographic in the same position as it was last last week and, uh, you know, before Brexit and post-Brexit. Uh, there is still strong uh, links between the UK and Europe in terms of, you know, people going on holidays, people uh, trade, You know, things haven't stopped because the Brexit got awkward, they're disappointing, politically it's uncertain, but at the same time, you know, there is still strong links there. So I just believe that this is petty. And of course, on top of that, Patricia, this uh, is being encouraged by other countries that have strong... TV programming content production systems, ah. and, and I want to push
2: people that, who, uh, who will benefit uh, from it. How yeah. how have the likes of RTE and Virgin Media, how have they and uh, how have they reacted to it?
8: Well, in fairness, they've been very proactive, uh, been truthful. Um, RTE, um, the director general D Forbes, and and others in the other TV programmes as well, our TV stations uh, have been on to us, uh, you know, some time ago. We were aware this was becoming a bit of an issue last June. Uh, we did raise it with the Commission at the time, but clearly um, their thinking is still along the lines of um, removing UK content. So uh, we have a way to go, uh, but the, the television pro- uh, stations have been very proactive in, in you know highlighting this. So they're,
2: nar- they're nervous about it?
8: Oh, okay, clearly they're very nervous. I mean, their programming content, which would have to be fundamentally changed. I mean, yeah. they have no access to UK content. You know, some of the iconic... And programmes that generations of Irish people have been watching uh, would be removed, um, and we would be obliged to watch uh, programming from uh, that would be European content. So it might be from the European Union itself, um, which would mean a lot of it would be dubbing in in terms of language
2: um, or subtitles. Yeah, yeah. But but the the flip side, then, trying to always see, trying to see a sunny side to every story, could it be an opportunity for Irish production companies to make more TV programmes?
8: Well, I certainly believe that since Covid, um, the, 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 the concept of subtitling and, you know, with others, uh, the streaming programs coming on stream as well, in terms of Netflix in this world, that people are more amenable to looking at programs in different languages with subtitling. I just think that is now a part and parcel of, of modern life and the technological advances have made it, you know, quite easy to uh, read while watching. Uh, but you don't want to be putting people in a straight in terms of choice. You, you want to be, give people choices of what they want to watch. And the idea that we would uh, punish the UK to advance uh, pr- uh, pr- production companies in the European Union, in my view, is wrong because it would punish the UK, but equally would punish European citizens in Ireland, in Denmark, in the Netherlands, and across the entire of the European Union that do watch programmes that are made in the UK and that are uh, through the, the, the English medium.
2: Could an Irish company do a co-production with the British company to get around it?
7: Well, I mean, that's
8: that's, going into, that's still going into the detail of what we haven't seen yet in terms of their proposals. But, I mean, I just think that would be the wrong way. I mean, it should be the spirit of, look, art and art endeavour and the artistic side of the world should not be straight-jacketed uh, and people should be able to watch and companies should be able to produce and there shouldn't be a hindrance uh, of, you know, the, sort of state getting involved in what people can and can't watch and I just think it would be vindictive, it would be petty to diminish Ireland's um, uh, choices in what they watch. But equally, on top of that, it just would be wrong to become restrictive in the area of artistic endeavour, which programming... And creativity
2: is part of. this, as I mentioned in the introduction, was a leaked policy uh, document. So am I right in saying, I mean, you'd have to do some kind of a full impact assessment would have to be carried out before something like this could be introduced to to discuss exactly what we're talking about. The knock on effects that would have on Ireland and other European countries.
8: Well, yes, but I mean, impact assessments, in my view, as a difficulty we see as in agriculture, we see in many other areas. A lot of European policies uh, do not actually have an impact assessment in advance. <laughs> they have they, they assess the the, the, um, the, the impact post-event. Uh, but I, I always believe that there should be uh, a pre-impact assessment of policies uh, that they actually do a, a huge due diligence and assessment of what a particular policy would have an impact on. And certainly, look, any cursory look would know that. If Ireland had to source its European content from uh, other countries other than the UK, it would have a, an immediate impact on what we have traditionally watched uh, across the board. Uh, and that would be an area that, you know, um, would be very, very damaging.
2: Someone is asking, what about Sky Sports Soccer? Obviously, this is a, a football fan it's fearful that they lose their football matches.
8: Well, like they would be. That would, that would be slightly different in the sense that there would be pay-per-views. But, I mean, like, if you are streaming um, or if you are watching on broadcast, um, you know, there would be... But, like, yes, the matches they would say, for example, that would be shown, would say, on a, a television uh, station, you know, could be impacted as well. So it is quite it is quite disturbing. Now, as we haven't seen the entire detail, but, you know, you could have obviously the soaps and all those programs, but, I mean, there's many others... Uh, quiz shows um, type you know all of these things that are produced uh, in the UK would, have, would be very difficult to be shown in Ireland because very quickly we would run out of having the opposite street, 30% EU um, um, uh, content sourcing
2: yeah okay alright we'll keep a close eye on this one um, Billy thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme Thank you, Patricia. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Billy Keller, uh, MEP for the uh, South and a threat to a lot of the soaps that we enjoy, the Coronation Streets, the EastEnders, the Emmerdale Farm, the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Of Here. Somebody said I would hate to lose I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Of Here. It could be one of the ones uh, if we have to run with that 30% has got to be of European origin and the UK technically not a member of the EU so we may have to stop taking their TV programmes. 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and don't forget today is Wednesday we're halfway through the week uh, which means Peter Dowder will be joining us in the next hour so if you've got gardening questions you can get gardening questions in to us and we'll put them to uh, Peter and you're still listening out for the and they're off sound effect for our racing home for Easter Festival which is happening at the race course in Mallow it runs from the 8th this Saturday the 8th through to Monday the 10th they are promising three days of great great racing at the Cork race course there's live music if you go on Sunday it's the most stylish ladies day event and then on Monday very much a day for all of the family with children's entertainment and there is a family fun race day tickets are already on sale at ie, but every day this week I've got a pair of tickets to give away to get you racing on Easter Sunday and then on Friday, we'll upgrade one of our daily prize winners who will get an upgraded prize, which will, you'll have dinner out at the racecourse on the day, a four course, a meal and then following your day at the races, you will have an overnight stay at the wonderful Springford Hall, which is located just 10 minutes from the racecourse. Some of your commentary coming into the programme. I was speaking with Billy Kelleher in the last hour. Now, it is a leaked document from the EU, but it could affect the way we watch our TV going forward if... If the EU decide as the UK are outside of the European Union that uh, th- that will not be deemed European content and it may affect how much British made programmes uh, we can show on terrestrial TV over here Eileen says we have much more in common whether we like it or not with the UK so that's the reason why we watch things like EastEnders and Coronation Street many of the phrases and the storylines we can very much identify and they reflect on what's happening here in Ireland as many of us would have emigrated over the years would have spent some time living in England so we've a lot more in common with the UK than what we would have, say, with people from Germany or France. So replacing programmes that will be made in other European countries wouldn't be the same for us here in Ireland. Tom and Skibarine is wondering what effect it would have on Sky. They have separate channels for Ireland, but they show UK content. Also, what about this large sporting events like the Premier League and the horse racing, etc.? All of that, I mean, I did put that at the end of the interview. I did ask uh, Billy about soccer. All that would have to be decided if as I say it's a leaked document it's only a proposal at the moment but if it decided to go through the, the devil would uh, would be in the detail we would have to wait and see and a listener says what kind of a country are we living in members are leaving the Guardi, the army is in disarray navy ships are tied up why due to lack of staff huge Russian ships are off our coasts and fishing off south coast of the south coast the EU are forcing our fishermen to decommission their fishing boats our representatives at EU level appear to be saying nothing now the EU is trying to take over what we watch on television. You really couldn't make this up, says a texter. And then we had some people reacting to Kleena, who was talking about the effect of the mallow Dungarvan greenway Lots of people very much in favour of greenways. But when the devil is in the detail, when you, when you look into the effect the building of the greenway would have on an individual farm, and that's what Kleena was explaining, it would divide her farm in two. I mean, to hear her say it may force them out of farming if the greenway on the preferred route that's been proposed, if that goes ahead, and we don't know yet if it will go ahead. Uh, Jim said, I think it is Minister Eamon Ryan that Kleena should invite to see where and what impact the greenway will have on our farm farm She described it so well on your program, and she says it nearly will make farming on her land impossible and What if she as she says the bull did break out and kill someone who would be responsible then uh, so uh, somebody very much, Jim very much supporting Cleana. Shea says I agree 100% with what Cleana had to say on your programme today about the Greenway. The government would do a lot better if they made good the N72 and the N72 is the road that connects Mallow to Dungarvan, particularly for all of us that have to use that road and who are paying out big money on our NCTs for third world standard roads. The N72 has got to be one of the worst, particularly the Section between Mallow and Castletown Roach and beyond. But is this not typical government putting the cart before the horse? Again, they were encouraging everyone, park up your car and use public transport instead. Everyone get out of the cars. That's all well and good. But we don't have a particularly good public transport system, do we, in this uh, country? What are they hoping for, said Shea. And Michael said, listened with interest to clean a Talking about the Greenway, look at the United Kingdom who have pathways through a lot of farmland. It causes a huge amount of issue and stresses for animals and farmers there. It sounds like Kleena will have a battle on her hands with keeping her farm going and to keep it workable. She may end up as she, I did ask her, could she see farming coming to an end for her? And, and it was sad to hear her say yes. Uh, Michael says also on the price of food and the cost of producing it. All inputs have simply gone through the roof and all of us are losing money on farms with all of the crazy costs. Then we have to go shopping and pay big increases on everything. The level of cost at all levels has to be addressed are we won't be farming or we won't have any businesses left, says Michael. Michael. And I think that is the call coming from everyone. Almost like enough is enough. And then still getting in suggestions from people of how they're trying to cut down and people noticing how things have gone up in price. Somebody says, Patricia, a cough bottle that I bought at the chemist just three weeks ago, the cost was six euro ninety-nine. I needed to get another bottle of that cough bottle yesterday, and it's the only cough bottle that works for me, says this texter. It's gone from six ninety-nine to ten ninety-nine. Four. Euro increase in three weeks I know the choice I had to buy it because it's the only one that eases my cough that's a huge huge uh, increase and then lots of people are pointing to how we change our shopping habits which is the advice that's coming through from like people like the Consumers Association and from Cantar who did the survey on the price comparisons between all the supermarkets and we need to change our habits and lots of people are saying go to some of the discounted uh, stores and particularly for your toiletries lots of people are pointing out great examples of how you can get cheaper toiletries and they're the branded toiletries that you buy in the supermarket. Uh, Colette said, I bought underarm ladies deodorant, one euro. Others were on sale for one euro fifty, one seventy five. bought a particularly lovely citrus one uh, for sensitive skin. That's in one of the bigger um, Discount stores. Um, I know you can't say the name. Sorry, why don't we be telling people to go to one store over the other? People know when I'm talking about the discount stores. They they, they know there's a whole array of them, but certainly there seems to be value on your toiletries. Also, got a Dove. Big shower cream, uh, nearly a litre of it. Two euro fifty. I've spotted the same one in the supermarket for four euro, and that was it when it was even on uh, offer. And the underarm deodorant that I purchased, I saw that inside in the supermarket, like a roll-on type one, four euro, and I picked it up for a euro in one of the discounted uh, stores, the pound shops. I think as I still traditionally uh, refer to it um, a, a lot of them as somebody else saying the same one seventy five in a discount store. It was four euro inside in the supermarket. That's a Martina. Thank you for that, Martina. Fertiliser, fuel and seeds, said Mary, has all gone up for farmers. One should also look when you're going to buy cheaper items, cheaper biscuits, for example, look at all the added ingredients that are in it. They may not be the healthiest choice, says Mary. So you've got to be careful when you're buying cheaper items. And someone else has a suggestion uh, that they've started watching Jamie's meals for under a pound. It's a great way to stretch the food. Well worth looking at. I think it's on Channel 4. I saw that the other day on TV. I must sit down and watch it but somebody has started watching it and getting good uh, tips. Jamie Oliver is always great at at sharing cookery uh, tips and tips on how you can cut down. So he's got a programme at the moment called uh, Jamie's meals for under a pound and obviously it's very much targeted at the UK market because as I said earlier this cost of living crisis is not just happening here in this country. It's happening uh, right across uh, the world. And then Jim was on kind of a bit tongue in cheek. Uh, this was when the listener said that they haven't bought toilet paper in 30 years. Why? Because they got a bidet installed in their house. So uh, you get off the toilet onto the bidet, clean your bits and bobs, then and you don't need to use any toilet paper Jim says when I heard that lady mention that she had a B bidet in her house it reminded me of an incident where I was once doing a renovation job for two sisters and one went away for the weekend and the other sister had gone shopping for the bathroom where and she was asked what did she buy and she said oh I bought a bidet and the other sister said it's a power hose that you would want not a bidet so maybe we should all start putting bidets into our new houses to spare on the cost of toilet paper like your other listener has suggested as the power hose might be a bit severe says our Jim (laughs) thank you uh, Jim and somebody else is agreeing with Willie Willie joined us from you all saying that people need to go back to basics and he reckons some people are wasting money in that we are shopping we're not buying the right foods and we need to go back to basics and start cooking from uh, scratch Uh, Willie this person says 100% agree with Willie working full time Patricia is not an excuse to feed rubbish to your kids use a slow cooker batch cook it's a sacrifice that has to be made when planning a family and the more kids one one inevitably means more food and more expense so we've got to go back to basics somebody agreeing very much with Willie that is the way to uh, go now before I announce our winner because it's disappeared let me do another one that came in earlier and we got an answer on this somebody was on to us earlier to say Patricia is the Middleton Post Office moving to market green permanently or is it just a temporary move as I always thought the intention was that the Middleton post office would return to its previous location after the fire damage was repaired so we said we'd check that all out and we got on to Unpost and Unpost tells that the post office in Middleton moved on Friday last. The post office in Middleton was located at a temporary premises on Main Street and that was following the um, horrific fire that they had a number of years ago. But on Monday on post opened a brand new post office in Market Green shopping centre we're told it's a fantastic new office for Unpost customers and the the postmaster uh, Jesse Moran at the helm so yes it's a permanent location brand new post office has been built by Unpost and the new uh, the new location for it is Market Green shopping centre so yes they're not returning to the old location they opted to go for a new premises instead and do I have our winner i do okay we played this
1: and they're off
2: and there are lots of you who want to go racing judging by the reaction that we got in there. And you can stop texting because we have selected our winner for today and a winner of a pair of tickets to go racing on Easter Sunday winging its way to Kate O'Sullivan in Glengarath. Congratulations to you, Kate O'Sullivan in Glengarath. And remember, Kate, Easter Sunday is Ladies Day if you would like to dress up. All this week, we're giving you a chance to win with the Racing Home for Easter Festival daily tickets to go racing on Easter Sunday and then one of our five daily winners will have their prize upgraded which is dinner for two at the restaurant it's you will have a table reserved for you where you'll enjoy a four course meal overlooking the track and when your racing day is over we will be sending you for an overnight stay for two at Springford Hall Country House Hotel which is located just 10 minutes from the race course and tickets are available for the three great days of racing at the Cork uh, Race Course on CorkRacecourse.ie and we'll do it all over again tomorrow.
3: The C one oh three Cork Diary.
1: With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at CorkCoco.ie
2: Annam Cara will meet at 7:15 tonight in the Clayton Silver Springs Hotel. Now, Annam Cara, welcome all bereaved parents from the Cork area and surrounding areas, regardless of your child's age or the circumstances of the death more information, you can call 85 288 or you can email info at A Agartha Recruitment Open Day will be held at the Conakilty Park Hotel tomorrow Thursday. It's from 3pm until 7pm. And a fundraising bingo will be held in Drina Parish Hall on this Good Friday. starts at 8 o'clock entry is free and all ages are welcome now raffle tickets will be available to buy on the night with fabulous spot prizes to be won and proceeds raised will go to Drina Community Preschool and a table quiz in aid of the Matthew Crowley Fund will be held in Geary's Bar in Charleville on Friday night at 8 o'clock this is to help send Matthew to the World Cup Wheelchair Soccer which is going to be held in Sydney in October lots of spot prizes and Angus Mackin the wonderful Angus McAnally will be your compere on the night and Beira Shimmy Shakers will be dancing in the golf club on Easter Sunday next dancing and music at Brians from 9 p.m. and everyone is very welcome.
3: Cork Today on C103
1: with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. cmig.ie. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at c103.ie.
3: Cork today on C one
2: hundred and three. Now, people of a certain age in the Mallow and surrounding areas will remember the name Captain Reuben O'Connor and the excitement that this man generated when he was forced to land his the jet he was piloting at the racecourse in Mallow. Well, it looks like that original jet might be making its way back to Mallow, and with all the details, I'm joined by uh, Kevin Owens of the Hibernian Hotel. Good afternoon, Kevin.
8: Hi, Bridget, how are you doing? I'm
2: very well and you're welcome to the programme. Hard to believe this is 40 years ago, before you were even born in 1983. Just remind listeners of what happened on that day and the subsequent weeks afterwards.
9: Okay, so Captain O'Connor was actually making his journey from uh, Newark to Munich at the time. It was in preparation for the, uh, uh, the Football World Cup in Mexico in 1986 and he was carrying um, some very important businessmen at the head of the biggest media company in Mexico at the time. Um, they were due to refuel in Shannon before going on to Munich, and uh, fog prevented them from making a landing. He he did attempt to land twice. Uh, he was a very experienced professional pilot, and he did attempt to land twice, but unfortunately he was unable to do so, and in trying to land, he used a lot more fuel than you would um, if you were just cruising. So he was directed to try and his the, the alternative airport at the time was Dublin, but they picked on their flight path beforehand, but they weren't going to make that. So then uh, he was uh, being directed to Cork, but they did realize uh, on the way to Cork that that wasn't going to be possible, and they declared an emergency. Um, the air traffic controller then was trying to guide him to uh, the racetrack in Mallow, as he was calling it. And uh, uh, Captain O'Connor was looking out for a, when he heard a racetrack, he was thinking of a car racetrack, oh. but obviously it was the, the race course. But uh, luckily, uh, in enough time, um, he, the, the air traffic controller guided him towards the Blackwater and eventually to the race course where he circled once and, and, and decided, yeah, he could put the plane down here. And at the time when he got the plane down, there was just three minutes of fuel left.
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then he yeah. became a bit of a celebrity in the town.
9: Absolutely. Well, I suppose at the time, you know, a Mexican pilot, you know, um, a landing in Malo and the, 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 the Gulf Stream 2 being parked out there. Um, everybody wanted to, to see and meet the, the, the pilot and see the plane. And yeah, the town fell in love with him. And, you know, it was understandable, really.
2: And he, he would have stayed in the, in the Hibernian Hotel. He would have stayed in your hotel. He
9: did. He stayed. In the, he was. He was in the in the hotel for a short period. But it was actually there was a big wedding uh, booked in. Catherine Guy's our our former general manager, was working here at the time, and uh, she remembers that there was a big wedding booked in for. had all the rooms booked out, and at that <laughs> point, then he mo- he moved across to the central hotel. Then, so they <laughs> they got to keep him for most of the time he was in Mallow. But uh, look, as he was well looked after by everyone, anyway. You yeah,
2: know? and he was here for about six weeks, wasn't it?
9: 39 days he spent in Malaw at that time, yeah. yeah, yeah. And
2: the reason for that was they had to build a runway.
9: Yeah, so there was a decision whether to dismantle the plane and and to, you know, ship it out of there. Um, You know, Lloyds of London were actually flown in and there was a Gulfstream engineer brought in as well to see what was the plan here and how they were going to go about it. But I think... uh, Captain O'Connor was having such a good time. I think he influenced as well that
2: they'd build a runway rather than him having to leave too soon, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I know he, he passed away not, not, not that long ago. It not a couple of years ago, wasn't it? 2009, unfortunately. It was 2009, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember over the years, I would have got letters are, uh, and then eventually it went to emails from um, that he because his English wasn't great, he would uh, dictate letters. And because he never forgot Mallow.
9: No, uh, you know, and like we, we've kept in contact with uh, Mariana, his daughter. She was over in 2000. Uh, she was over soon soon after he passed away, actually. But we've kept in contact with her. And she's obviously due, uh, due back in Malo now um, in a couple of weeks' time for, for And um, But she said even up to his, you know, to his last days, what he was speaking about was Malo. And he'd love to get back to Malo. Um, and yes, it was, it was really he had a, he had a, a, an astounding love for the place. Yeah, you know?
2: which which is great. Now, tell me about the plane and where the idea came about purchasing the plane and bringing the plane back to Mallow.
9: So about fourteen months ago, um, we started work on on it's the fourth year commemoration this year. So we started work on a, on a festival. But originally, we were just talking about you know throwing a bit of a party um for the commemoration. But then you know one thing led to another, and now we're we're ending up with a two day festival on April 21st and 22nd, um, you know, and we, we, can, we can run through a bit more of that, but we were doing it, throughout the research, and um, we did try and track down and see exactly what happened to the plane, and there were some differing um, stories, but we did end up tracking it down to um, a, a, an airport in, in Michigan called Willow Run Airport. So um, I suppose through a lot of emails and contacts and back and forth, um, eventually I have been in contact with the owner of the plane, um, and there is a possibility to bring the plane back.
2: God, it would be. I mean, it, it obviously is not. You can't. Fly, no one can fly the plane. It's. It's not. No. 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 See, it what, hasn't flown since 2016.
9: It's it been has, completely drained of fuel, etc. And it's. You know, it wouldn't be in a condition. But it is. I have seen pictures. Of, you know, recent pictures of it. Yeah. Um, it's in it's in very good condition to be honest with you as a
2: display model and it was flying up to 2016 it was yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness me okay so the idea would be you'd have to you'd have to break it up similar to what they spoke about doing 40 years ago ship it over and exactly. then and then yeah and then, uh, and then and then put it back together again like those yeah. like the airfix models but a little bit bigger
9: uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> so the, the, the disassembly would be, would be, you know, it's, it's expensive. Uh, the disassembly and reassembly is probably the most expensive part of it, uh, to be honest with you. But um, look, it, it, it is possible. Um, okay. I am getting quotes at the moment for it. Um, it's certainly possible. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be quite happy to invest in it myself. Um, but I suppose I would need some support from, you know. Some sponsorship or backing. Or, yeah. or from, you know, corporate backing or whatever where, it is. Where
2: would, you, where would you like to see it located then, if you did manage to get it over here?
9: Look, I think it should be a tourist attraction. That's, that's my opinion. Um, I think it should be, you know, it should be open for people to come and view. Um, obviously, there might have to be a cost involved in that because I suppose it would be a commercial element to it. Um, but I'm sure that uh, we can come up with a suitable location for it.
2: That's great. It's, it's terrific. And, you've, and you say a two day festival planned for later on in the month?
9: Yes, so Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd of April, we have a race meeting in Malo on the Friday and that's kicking off around half past one and we have a seven race card and then we actually have Captain O'Connor's ashes being spread at the race course by his uh, family. We have over 30 of his family members um, arriving from Mexico and Spain and they are actually going to spread his ashes at the race course. Uh. As Mariana mentioned, one of his one of his dying wishes was to return to Malo, so she said she's, in in one sense, that, that is, that's going to come true for him, you know.
2: Oh, that's really sweet, isn't it?
9: Yeah, absolutely. Then after that, we have some performances by Centre Stage Malo and uh, MD Mexican Dance Ireland. And after that, we are going to have an aerobatic air display over the race course, um, which I think will appeal to all age groups. And then the, the day will be finished by San Patricio Mariachi Band before we all come back into the town for some you know festivities some fancy dress and um some mexican food etc and some you know it'll just be that'll be a fantastic uh, day for it,
2: everyone yeah god it, it's, and it's very much in keeping with captain O'Kana. the fact that you've got the the aerobatic uh, show and the whole mexican team i like that
9: absolutely yeah things are kicking off then again on the saturday we have a um we have a workshop for kids happening in O'Kana's bar and restaurant from 12 um, and then we have the Estate Mary's and Patrician Academy have been involved in art and engineering projects um, in relation to this. So they are going to be unveiled and the uh, winners will be chosen. That was kindly sponsored by Cork Airport. Um, and that was, that's from 12 on the Saturday. We've got actually model airplane display in the garden in the hotel. We've got drone racing down the town park. Uh, that was kindly sponsored by McDonald's. Um, and we do have a showing of the, of, of the film that was, was taken at the time by local enthusiasts. And um, that will be on in the Hibernian Hotel function room. And um, we have, we actually have an unveiling of the plaque down in the, the Mallow Library, which has been donated by the Mexican Embassy. So the ambassador, the Mexican ambassador will be there to, to, to unveil that. And um, uh, look, there's, there's an awful lot more to it. Um, and I'd like, I just encourage people to have a look online. At our full schedule and, and just see uh, what appeals to them and hopefully get involved over the weekend. And I okay. would like to thank, thank all our sponsors so far, Cork County Council, Cork Racecourse, Sure, Cork, Mallow Chamber, Fauci, Ireland, Cork Airport, uh, the list goes on, McDonald's, Heineken, I could keep going, but again, there's a list of that
2: online. All right, listen, well done. You're a great salesman at the same time and that's what it's all about. Listen, Kevin, pleasure talking to you. Good luck Keep keeping contact with us uh, with any update on, on the Gulf Stream, but good luck with the the weekend and I think it's just lovely that the O'Connor family are coming over and that uh, Captain O'Connor will very much be remembered with the scattering of his ashes. Listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us.
9: Excellent. Thank you very much. Good Patricia. morning thanks to very you. Very
2: Bye-bye then. That right. is uh, Kevin Owens, who joins us from the Hibernian Hotel.
1: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Okay, just before we go gardening with Peter Dowdle, a couple of your texts just to keep up to date on those and calls coming in. John and Cove said uh, people are looking. This is to do with Billy Kelleher being on, uh, talking about we could lose some of the programmes that we watch, the UK programmes that we watch watch on the Irish terrestrial uh, channels. Uh, John says people are looking at this as our politicians have sold Ireland off to Germany Uh, by the way the EU now are taking over our riches like our our fisheries, we've already lost our sugar beet etc and now they want to take the TV shows from our Irish TV channels, the one we love to watch. For those that say the EU is good for Ireland, Ireland has also been very good to the EU let us not forget that. And someone else Says it would be ludicrous if Ireland could not show British TV shows on our channels. I have European friends, but have to remind them annually about St. Patrick's Day. Not so with my British friends, because the British celebrate it with their own national day. St. George's Day doesn't get a look in. In short, people in the UK are more aware of our national holiday than they are their own. Like it or not, culturally, the Irish and British, as well as Americans, Australians, and Canadians, were all interconnected. Because we've got so many relations in each of these countries. We share a similar sense of humour and we like many of the same television programmes. The EU needs to stop micromanaging our lives. Frankly, there are much more important issues on which the EU could and should uh, focus. Uh, well said. Thank you for that. 0818 103 103. And a final one in from Christy Temple Glanton. This is to do with prices. Hi, I haven't been in touch with you for a while, but since I hear you talking about exorbitantly high rising prices, going to throw in my tuppence any worth. One item that has jumped enormously in the past year is water softening salt. A year ago, a 25kg bag of water softening salt would set you back €8.50. This has gradually increased in price. But in the past week, it has jumped up to between 17 and €19, Euro, depending on where you purchase it. How on earth could it have increased by this month? What is the justification for this? Some people... May have to use between three and four bags of this water softening soap a month. Imagine that going from €8.50 to €19 in 12 months. Seems absolutely incredible.
1: C103 Gardening with the Mallow Home and Garden Festival, May 26th to 28th at Cork Racecourse, Mallow. It's too big to miss.
2: And Peter at uh, the uh, irishgarden.com uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Peter.
10: Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm
2: uh, very well. And I'm assuming you're joining us live from Photo Wildlife Park because you're um, about to do your walk there at half past one today.
10: I'm surrounded by birdsong and trees ah. coming into leaf and just you can feel the energy in the, in the plants at this time of the year so that's where i am yeah one of my favorite parts of, of the country down in photo i'll be talking in a while about just it's a fascinating topic really about which i only know obviously a bit about which is the, the the connections between plant species and animal species and how the whole tapestry is connected and it's 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 very um it's very evident here in photo because obviously they've got such such a variety of, of, of both plant and animal species yeah so i'll be kicking off here at about half one
2: okay well well done and by all accounts it's the, the weather's going to brighten up this afternoon with some sunny spells and there's no better place to be than a photo wildlife park when the sun is shining okay let me get straight into questions uh, mary who signs this from the wild west says my lawn is 90 percent covered with sycamore seedlings will earlier than planned mowing sort that out
10: I'm uh, sorry it's a difficult one to answer if the seedlings are really just have just germinated if you know what I mean so if you can imagine a sycamore seedling Trish you know those seed leaves that it produces first a bit like the helicopter leaves before you get the true leaves they pull out of the ground very very easily so but if they're only at that stage and you mow them then yes that should sort out the problem however if the seedlings are more advanced so let's say if they're last year's seedlings and and they're actually little plants at this stage then no mowing is just pruning at that stage Um, so if they're just just recently germinated I would think mowing would hopefully that's the situation uh, in which case mowing should sort it out I think yes
2: Okay Margaret has a cherry blossom tree that she said has got very big it's up against a railing but she said there is a shooting coming from ground level is it possible that that shooting will mature if I leave it or is it just a sucker it's about three feet high
10: well, it's yes to both. Yes, it, yes, it is a sucker, um, but yes, it will also mature if you leave it. So the, the cherry tree, without getting too far into the, the technical detail of it, that cherry tree that she's admiring is most likely a graft. So it's a particular white flowering or, or pink flowering variety, which was grafted onto the, the common prunus avium probably. Um, And what you're, which is our wild cherry. So what you're seeing now is, is rootstock growth coming from down low. Uh, And as I say, if left, yes, it will mature, but it'll probably mature at the expense of the other variety, if you know what I mean. So if you want to keep the other variety, I would just prune off the sucker.
2: Okay, Anne is in Blarney and she's looking for advice on how to remove weeds from the curb patio. Uh, she, She is wondering about a solution of vinegar, washing up liquid and salt and how much to mix together.
10: Vinegar and salt will both work on the principle of exosmosis, so that they will dry out the root system and kill the weeds. They're not environmentally sound, though. Just because they're organic doesn't necessarily mean that something is 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 okay. I'm not too worried about using salt or vinegar for that matter on a, on a paved paving situation, but I would be uh, I wouldn't dream of using near near plants or near beds. Uh, washing up liquid is just what washing up liquid does. If it's put into a mixture, is it doesn't kill or do anything like that. It just helps the 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 solutions stick to the foliage of whatever you're, you're putting it onto. So that can be quite handy. Um, you wouldn't need vinegar and salt. You would just need uh, a bit of salt or a bit of, of vinegar. So an awful lot of the organic weed killers that you see marketed now, and probably all of them nearly, are based on a thing called pelargonic acid or else acetic acid, which is, of course, vinegar. Uh, it's hard cultural grade vinegar, so it's cheaper than the food grade. And, um, Long-winded answer to your question. Either one will work. I don't think you need to put on the washing-up liquid. Um, the, the the rate I would actually get one from a from a garden centre because that'll be ready mixed for you.
2: Okay. Somebody's got a problem with a lot of moss on their lawn and is wondering: Is it okay to put down lawn gold after a cut, or will it blacken the lawn?
10: No, it is okay to do it, and no, it won't blacken the lawn. Lawn gold doesn't. Be, the ones that blacken the moss are based on sulphate of iron. The sulfate of iron will, will kill off moss, but uh, but turn it black. And the problem there is, uh, as we've discussed before, if you put down sulfate of iron, you're creating an acidic soil condition, which is ideal for moss to come back because they like acidic soil. Whereas with the lawn gold, what you're doing is you're creating an alkaline soil. You're 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 increasing the level of the pH in the soil, which moss can't tolerate, and then it just kind of turns to dust. It just disintegrates really. So you're not left with black moss. So no, it won't go black. And yes, you can do it straight after a cut.
2: And staying on the moss, Eileen has gone to the great effort of scarifying her lawns this week. Well done, Eileen. And she said she's taken up a significant amount of moss from both lawns by scarifying. She now wants to know what does she need to feed her lawn with to try to restore it and when does she do it? Because obviously after scarifying, that lawn isn't going to look too good.
10: No, the lawn will look terrible. Now, depending on how much, how sparse it is, it may well just green up itself you may not need that much feeding, but I would normally recommend a feed to a lawn and I would use the, the lawn gold that we were just talking about. Um, It's an environmentally sound product and it's it's a well thought out product because it's increasing the pH of the soil. It's, it's to use their own marketing speak, if you like, the best prevention for moss and weeds in a lawn is healthy grass. So by, by ensuring, by increasing the pH and by cr- delivering the correct nutrient mix to the root zone at each specific time of the year, you're leading to healthy grass. Uh, which will hopefully prevent weed growth and moss growth. So, yes, you can use lawn gold now, and that is the one I would use. But lawn gold is broken into two or three different types. So do go for the spring one now, which I think, think, but double, double check in your garden centre. I'm fairly sure it's lawn gold classic is the one we use for spring.
2: OK, Noreen, who is listening to us in Newport in South Wales, and she got her photograph in <laughs> early enough so we could send it on to Peter before we started uh, the piece. Uh, she sent in a photograph of a bay tree. She said, I've got a bay tree which has grown, which looks like another tree in the middle of the plant. Can I simply cut this off without damaging the original tree?
10: i th- I saw that she was from Newport and I thought it was Newport in County Mayo. And I said, God, she's listening from a long way off. But Wales, Wales is even and further. further. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only time I was ever in Newport was to watch a rugby match. Great town. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, I had a look at the photograph and I see what you mean, but it's not a different tree. It's just a new shoot from the same bay tree. Uh, but the answer to the question is, yes, you can pr- if it's if it's if she doesn't like it because of the shape or whatever, you can prune it. It's not going to harm the tree, but it is all one and the same plant from what I can make out.
2: OK, Brida is in Canterbury and she's looking for advice around bark mulch uh, and placing it around plants. Does Peter think this is a good thing to do and when is the right time to do it? Obviously, to keep down weeds, I'm assuming.
10: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a firm believer and advocate of mulching around beds, whether you, you can use lots of different materials for mulch. Mostly we use bark and it, it, then it, within bark, you have different grades. So you have your your mini chip or your very fine chip. I I, like, I use the very, very fine one, which is called composted bark just because I like the look of it, but also because it breaks down into the soil, improving the humus and the texture very quickly. And. Um, so yes, and if you cut off light if if you cut off light to the soil, nothing will germinate, provided the soil is clean in the first place. So if you put if you put down three or four inches of, of bark as a mulch that will prevent weeds from germinating but you do need to put down three or four inches one inches is a waste of time and equally if the soil isn't clean before you put it down so if you put it on top of weedy growth let's say scotch grass or if there's perennials like nettles or anything like that in the in the soil already they will come through concrete not to mind a few inches of bark so make sure the soil is clean first put down three or four inches it's the best thing you can do to prevent weed growth, but also it will it will really really help the soil because the earthworms will love it. You're introducing beneficial fungi, soil microbes. It's it, I, I couldn't re- I couldn't recommend mulching as as a as a as something to do enough.
2: And I think it looks good as well.
10: I think it looks very smart, yeah, yeah very much
2: so. Yeah, OK, and uh, Jenny wants to set a new lawn. She's had some building work done at her house and her back lawn has been absolutely destroyed. So the plan is to set a new lawn. When is the right time to do it?
10: March is the best month of all to do it. Now, we're we're out the other end of March, but I mean, to all intents and purposes, it's still kind of March. Whether we had the wettest March, I think, in 80 years. That's right, that's right. So, yeah, we were talking yeah. about it yesterday. It was a bit of a write off this year, March, for doing anything really regarding the lawn, even cutting it. So you're still fine to do it now, but I would get it done now during April because um, we are, you know, this long, hot summer, which we're all, we always get is on the way. I have no doubt. Uh, so get the lawn established as quickly as possible before that to do it now.
2: OK, listen, we'll let you get back to the good people at uh, Fota. Enjoy your afternoon and uh, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday
10: look forward to it. Thanks, Trish.
2: Thanks for that. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, the Irish Gardener dot com, back with us next week. Now, just a couple of texts that are in. I was talking with uh, Kevin Owens and the plan for their O'Connor Fest, but the plan to try and get that jet that landed in Mallow. Uh, 40 years ago this uh, month, as I say, people of a certain age will well remember it, including somebody who says that the lads who worked out at the beet factory couldn't believe their eyes because they were the few that witnessed the plane landing. Now, the plane taking off afterwards grew there was a huge number of people turned out to watch the plane take off um, 39 days later but the, you could imagine at the time when there wouldn't have been a lot of planes flying overhead to see a, you know, a jet actually come in that low and by the Beat Factory anybody who knows Malo will know the Beat Factory is close to the race course where the jet landed so somebody said they can still remember the lads' reaction when that plane landed and lots of people think it's a great idea what Kevin Owens is trying to do to get the original plane uh, to bring it back and have it here as some kind of a tourist attraction. Jenny makes a suggestion that wouldn't it make a nice little coffee dock? You could open it up, put it permanently, locate it permanently somewhere and open it up as a coffee dock. Good suggestion Jenny. And that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards with you for the afternoon and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. Cork Today on C103.
1: With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C-M-I-G dot